how you do anything is how you do everything. We isolate ourselves as if we don't affect each other. And COVID is a great example of exactly why we should think about people and do things for people on the other side of the globe that we might never know. They've actually been engineered to be sucked into something, the social media, modern media, iPhone, landscape, and just make us like automatic beings. I remember having a conversation one time with this, a monk actually, and we were just talking about art and nature. And we were sitting there on this stone thing and, and he brought up this term, the art of looking. He said, oh yeah, you know, I like to sit sometimes and I just look. I always say, hope for the best, but expect nothing because literally anything could happen. Hello friends, and welcome to the Heart is Wild podcast. My name is Chelsea Sanders, and I'm the CEO and founder of the creative agency called Blue Line. I'm a professional photographer, creative director, and a painter. Some would say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've created film festivals, empowerment conference. I've owned an art gallery for 10 years. As you can tell, my passion is to keep creating. This podcast is for creatives and passionate people, for entrepreneurs and anyone who is willing to follow their heart. Through my 17 years of being an entrepreneur, I've met some amazing humans, and I'm on a journey to interview those people that have touched my life and captured their extraordinary vision. I'm looking forward to sharing these experiences and interviews with you so you can apply them to your own life. Let's get started. In this very first episode of Heart is Wild, I'll be reaching out to one of my dearest friends, Benedict Jones. He is an entrepreneur with a passion for creativity and helping others. After living the past 30 years as a quadriplegic, he's as driven as ever to create positive change. And since this is my first episode, I'd like to ask Benedict what are his thoughts on the original quote from which comes the name of this podcast, which Heart is Wild. Also, Benedict will elaborate in particular on the topic of contemplation and constant consumption, why it is important to be conscious about what we consume and how we consume information and to give your thoughts time to blossom. Plus, as anticipated, Benedict will share a lot of general wisdom about life and give us some useful tips on how to stop the vicious cycle of modern consumption culture. All right. Well, this is my first interview ever, my first podcast that I've ever done. For my first interview, I wanted to reach out to a very, very dear friend of mine, Benedict Jones. Hello. Who's actually, yeah, one of my first friends when I moved here to Bloomington 15 plus years ago. Um, one of the most creative people I've ever met. He inspires me every day. We've collaborated on a bunch of things, but Benedict, hi, welcome. You, you just stole all my notes for you. Oh. You were one of my first friends moving back here, and I really have been so inspired by your creativity. So thanks well, a lot. This podcast is all about creativity. I'm trying to reach out to entrepreneurs, like kind of a buzzword, but trailblazers, people that are just doing kind of big things, um, in my opinion, for um, in life or for the world. Um, so I've decided to call this podcast Heart is Wild. And I'm going to read this quote to you. Um, it's by a phosphorant song called Song for Zula. And there's this line that I always come back to. It says, but my heart is wild and my bones are steel. And I, and I, I just love that. I love that quote. And I have forever. So in my like little idea journal, things I've always wanted to do, one being write a podcast. I was like, I'm just going to call it heart is wild. So just like hearing that, I mean, instant reaction. What does that mean to you? I love that. I love that use of 
words. Those are two really interesting themes, right? It's like the heart is something that's kind of a soft and malleable, but powerful thing. And then the bones are something that can surely be broken, but they're calling the steel, right? And maybe it's just commenting on the duality of life, things simultaneously being awesome and being hard. That's kind of my leads to my answer. I'd say, what makes my heart go wild? Hmm. Deep question, right? It is. And and maybe for me, day to day, it changes a bit, mm-hmm. at least with respect to the external things that I'm pursuing. But today, this day, my heart goes wild by winning the day for myself. Because if I've built up the right foundation for myself each day to be effective, then I can be the most giving. I, I can do the most with myself for others. It's almost like you have to serve yourself first in some way so that you can serve others best. And I've been a quadriplegic for 30 years, over 30 years almost. And, you know, I use maybe 20% of my body. And so it would be enough, I think, if most people looked at me and thought, well, yeah, you can just go ahead and take care of yourself. And as long as you're stable, you're doing enough. But we all desire to extend ourselves a bit. That, that always seemed like kind of a sad and isolating reality. I don't know where I'm going off on here, but working on myself because I know that that goodness, when I can do my best for myself, then I tend to do my best in other things and for other people. How you do anything is how you do everything. In the before times, I don't think I was focusing on myself and what I needed and what my foundation needed. That's a hard one. You texted me that and that was a hard one to to think about or answer right away. Yeah. I I think for me, like it always, it depends on, like you said, like the day or whatever, but it's like, you know, my heart is wild and my bones are still, and especially like being a creative, I'm like, when I'm like on fire and when passion is like the discovery, whether it's like creating a project, when you're like inspired and to start thinking about doing something, it's like the idea of something. And then I always like, you know, that's where like, where the magic happens. And then when it, (laughs) that line, when it's like my bones are steel, I'm like, that's the reality of it. Right. That's when it's like the hard work and like my bones are made of steel. And I always think of it kind of like building, right. There's like the scaffolding, there's the framing, there's like the bones of something. And like, you gotta, you gotta have that like kind of all intact to keep all the whimsical, like things of like the heart together. It's like a bird cage kind of like mentality. It's like the bird is in the cage, but like, that's the heart of it. So anyways, oh, I don't want to make... talk about, no, let's ah, talk about, I don't want to make the whole um, conversation about this because I want to get to you, but you yeah, know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the bird in the cage. Oh my gosh. Well, that all, can get so deep. Well, we talked maybe a little bit about this, that we're in this new sort of reality that people have had to respond to something truly, you know, globally threatening. And specifically talking about COVID because if somebody listens to this a year from now, we're, sure. we're January, 2021 right now. January January 2021, I believe that a lot of people view, and it psychologically is easy to understand, COVID-19 and the rapid and drastic changes in behavior that we are asking of each other as being a sort of cage that we're inside. And I thought about becoming paralyzed and how this imposes its own perception of a cage, a reality that you are all of a sudden in and you no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you can't get yourself out of it, back to mm-hmm. the old reality. And to be sure, we are not going back to that ever. There will be no going back. And that's okay. And your mind, just like any difficult change or tragic event, traumatic event, 
first, of course, you resist accepting it. And once you do accept it, you grieve. And then there are just the stages of trauma. Like we're all moving through the same stages of trauma collectively in some way. And that's an interesting thing to me. But the one thing I remember realizing is once I stopped fighting to quote unquote, get out of this new paralyzed cage I was inside of was the moment in which I became free from it. Despite it being a real physical thing, unpacking that is tough, but for sure I was fighting this new reality. And the moment at which you begin stop fighting that, it ceases to control you as much. There was a, in our conversation, um, which we, we had, we had, Benedict and I had chatted about a month ago and it had been a while because COVID, you know, time slips by and, you know, sometimes you don't remember the last time you had spoken with someone. So I was reaching out and I was just like, we were just were catching up. And I re- recall you telling me, and I don't know, but you said somebody had asked you something about basically a question that was like, you know, what is limiting about, I don't think it was like limiting about what's being like in a wheelchair, but you were just like, what was the question? And you were like, no, it's not what it's not what this does. This gets me like this gets me everywhere I need to go. It's the tool for that. Do you recall what that was? You had said somebody had said that and you came back with them with a question or something. COVID brought a drastic change to the world. The world was asked to immediately change its behavior and expectations almost overnight. And, you know, anyone who's been paralyzed like I was, for example, or had some other type of traumatic loss that that really practically affected them, not just emotionally, they've gone through that scenario before. And they've had to flex that muscle of adaptation. (laughs) So when it came to the thought that, hey, everyone, you're going to, all those things that you were planning on doing, you're just going to have to cancel them. And we're not sure when you're going to be able to do them again. Welcome to my world. (laughs) Some days I wake up and I feel a certain way or the processes of this different paralyzed body don't go as expected. And I have to just drop whatever I might have been intensely looking forward to that day. I've gone through that hundreds of times in my paralyzed life. So people who overreact, I don't want to judge them in such way, in such a way, but they're behaving like children. And, oh, you mean that thing you wanted to go out and do tonight and have fun? You're just going to have to stay in and learn how to get by and enjoy yourself staying in. Welcome to my fucking life of a person in a wheelchair who might want to go to the club while there are stairs to get in that club or might want to go do something. And then again, my body might take me out of it, right? So this, you know, flexing the muscle of adapting to a new mode of operating was not a new thing to me. And in some ways I felt like the world literally at the snap of a finger, the entire world almost adapted to me and my needs. Chelsea, I like to anchor for the radio and do voiceovers for people, and um, in particular the radio. More than one time, I'd thought about or wanted to approach uh, something like an NPR, and if you were to ask the question, hey, you know, could I record my segments from home? And because I can do professional quality audio from home and just mail them to you, no, no, certainly you need to be here in the studio. COVID happens, snap of a finger. Oh, you can mm-hmm. just do that at home and mail it to us. All of the work functions I was told that could never be done from home. Snap of a finger. COVID happens. Well, we can adapt to that. When I would need to order something to go from a restaurant and the phone call inside would take several minutes and involve me explaining to them I'm, that I'm paralyzed and wow, would it be so convenient if they just come to the car? And by the way, could I pay from the car? And wait, what are you talking about? What do you want? Oh, I'm not sure. All these things that would be previously ignored. Wow. Yeah, snap of a finger. Yeah, oh, we'll be at the car. Yeah, oh, we got a card. We'll pay for it right there. You know, people began to accommodate each other in some some way that you know I'd never seen, unless you were someone mm-hmm. who's really really hyper aware. So 
it was kind of like the world slowed down to my speed and it was very, very nice. It felt very nice. The conversation I had with you, an eye opener and even more of an eye opener of like how the world works on different levels of how people have access on, you know, different scales of where they're at in their life. I, don't, I mean, I don't have like, the words, but it's just kind of like, duh, like why, yeah, we why now? Adapt. But I, you know, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad that it's, I'm glad the world slowed down. Honestly, it's like, I think it's a breath of fresh air for a lot oh, of people. There were a lot right. of, there were a lot of things being done at rapid speed in a lot of different directions without a lot of thought asking the question, why and should we? And even if asking, even if answering the question, why, answering the secondary important question, should, just because we can, should we? Yeah, and the, world was, the world was moving too fast. You didn't even get to that second question. It was why and then on. But asking, having enough time to pause and say, should we? It's like the world before that, I don't even think did that very much, as much as we should. That's a brilliant insight. That is exactly what was happening. I mean, and for me, living a, a life that really has to be marked by efficiency. I've got to make every step really count for me. I always have to ask the question, should we? Always have to ask that because I've got to make my effort go the, as far as it can. And, you know, we also realize we isolate ourselves as if we don't affect each other. And COVID is a great example of exactly why we should think about people and do things for people on the other side of the globe that we might never know because something they do might affect us. And conversely, and therefore this kind of stoicism idea that elevating the general happiness of everyone is the thing that will help us succeed as a, as a race. I have something to give. So me giving it does something good. And, and I think that, yeah, we just have realized that we're all in a closed system. Despite thinking that we're separate, we're all in a closed system. Mm-hmm. And we have to think that way going forward. We're all on a plane together. And if somebody freaks out in row one, there's going to be a disturbance in row 30. They're going to feel, are they going to feel that disturbance? And we hope to God that the pilots on this plane are good pilots. But for the pilots to fly us anywhere safely, the passengers have to stay safe, you know? Yeah. And um, and sometimes it's on each other mm-hmm. to to keep each other safe. But yeah, just adapting. Mm-hmm. We, we will adapt and we can adapt. And yeah. this is a shock to a system of people who haven't been asked to adapt. In fact, they haven't been asked to do anything hard in a while. Mm-hmm. They've actually been engineered to be sucked into something, the social media, modern media, iPhone landscape, which I'm also sucked into, and just make us like automatic being. And I think that this year has helped us get away from that. Right. I think also, did you say, have I felt that? Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Somebody um, had posted, it's like, once you see something, you're like, I am the definition of that. It was like, doom is called like, so somebody's like, are you doom scrolling? Stop here and like, go be a real human and go outside. And I was like, ah, that's totally me. You know, those in-between moments. I have, I have to see what, I have this quote. It's, it's about the beautiful aspects of life. And it's called like the in-between moments, like in, you know, you're at a, whatever, a traffic light. And then you pause and look and like, whatever the blowing, like trees, I can get like all like artsy or like the person crossing the road, like you stop and watch, but those in-between moments are sucked sometimes by like phone. I mean, like the... You're, you're completely suck. You're, you're just, that, oh, that is all Yeah, it's like those in-between moments are like, where's my phone? Because that's going to entertain me. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I think what I wanted to go no, is think- like, right now we're in a time of tremendous change, like forced change with COVID and whatnot. And like all of the wisdom that we'll gain from this will be like 10 years from now, like, oh, really kind of remember when. Um, and I would think in this time, kind of what comes up, because I sent you this question, like, because we all learn wisdom from like our elders or, 
you know, maybe one person that you met 10 years ago. What's like some wisdom for you that's like you making you change in the moment that we're in now that comes to you? You're just like, I learned this bit of wisdom and this is like speaking to me now. Is that, do you have any of that stuff? That's that's a good one and a hard one too, I think, because it's sometimes it changes with the day. Mm -hmm. Totally. If you're asking of something that in recent times I remind myself of, it's a simple quote that I'm not sure where it came from, but it just goes, wherever you go, there you are. That is, there's a book I read recently, wherever, or it's like, wherever you are, yeah, wherever you go, there you are. Yes. And, and, and then there's actually another book that's called, uh, by the former leader of the Girl Scouts of America, I think, only pack what you can carry or the other sentiment I try to remind myself of, of in the same way, only carry what you can hold, only pack what you can carry and only carry at that moment uh-huh. what you can hold on to. So it's kind of like, what are you going to take on today? You're not going to take on 50 things. Well, maybe you are, but- You're not going to do them all well, unless they're all in the same wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Let's go back really quick, because you said something really interesting Mm -hmm. that I think matters a lot. Well, I hope in the new era, if we can use calmer technologies that don't (laughs) suck us into phones. One of those examples of a calmer technology is audio and turning on a podcast while you're working out, while you're doing some other thing where you are looking. I remember having, not at your phone, (laughs) I remember having a conversation one time with this, a monk actually, that was at my dad's old college where he studied to be a priest, another funny story. But this monk, he was also an art teacher and we were just talking about art and nature and we were sitting there on this stone thing and, and he brought up this term, the art of looking. He said, oh yeah, you know, I like to sit sometimes and I just look. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly what you remarked on when you stopped at a light and you watch the sun, how it hits a particular tree and the breeze blowing it and the feeling that that emotes. And I'm bringing this up because using a wheelchair, I stash my phone in the backpack and I push from place to place. I do not look down in my phone while I'm quote unquote walking anywhere. And a lot of people expect me to pick up phone, to respond to a text immediately, to just be glued to it. And they get really frustrated when I'm just living in the real world, you know, when I'm just living with what's physically in front of me. There's a certain reality that to me, that's beautiful about living in a chair. It demands that I pay attention to my physical world very intensely. And that's what I want to bring up. I think you are dead on, right? We need to pay better attention to our physical world Mm -hmm. and get back to physical, back to a point where physically engaging with these things. I'm not knocking the value of digital things. I just feel, have felt, was feeling far too consumed by it. I already was Mm -hmm. retreating from it, not posting on my Instagram, using a film camera instead, which is what I always had used in the 90s because I just was like, oh man, I like the, of course I like the photos. I love the photos. And then over this last decade, I just, just something about it had changed. And I know, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, we're also all there. We, we, you and I, like we, we were there before the internet didn't, like I remember the internet did not exist. Yeah. you know, well, and I was <laughs> so we've seen the the how much it's just like garbage disposal. That's what I like. It was just like stuff is just going in and being grounded up all the time because it's new, 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 fast, fast, fast. This is created. You're already outdated. You can't even use your iPhone because you know you, you don't and have what, the latest updated system. And now nothing, no phones have the old plug-in. It's just like hurry, 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 hurry. And good luck getting that new thing that you have devised 
to market faster than someone else because they're just gonna, they're just going to beat you there. It's not even worth it. The last ten years, because I just even, we even consume that reality, and the others are posturing that reality. Which, to be fair, don't we know how much of that is vain bullshit? It's all vanity mm-hmm. metrics, <gasps> metrics that are based on how often I've grinded today on my startup and how many sleepless nights I've gotten, and being like machismo about how fast I can break things. I know, isn't and, it- and that is the biggest. Bro, Zuckerberg, for example, needs to be fucking fired immediately and never allowed in that company again because moving fast and breaking things requires that somebody cleans that shit up and it isn't right. him. And so I've ideologically resisted what startup and modern culture has tried to ram down my throat and not with such animosity. I receive it and I like it. I was a technology kid. I had a cell phone in 1992, believe it or not. And like, I've always wanted it as a tools, an enhancement of tools. Right. Now it is not that. And the tools are buried within it to a degree that you have to go through nine other steps to get to the 10th that gives you the tool that you're looking for. So that's it. It's just, I want us to, as you were saying, look at the world, the physical world, engage with the physical world and use these digital means as hyper effective tools. So this is, so this is the quote, quote. So actually remember when Facebook first came out, it was like, it was like MySpace, right? And then it was Facebook. So you can have your like quote and like, your song on MySpace, but I remember when Facebook first came out, it would let you put your favorite quotes and it's kind of hard to find. So these, these were a few quotes that I, um, I think I added like a, t- a year or two after Facebook came out. And I came back to this when I was talking about those in-between moments. So, so I found the quote, I just found it. It's a, by a guy named Mick Christopher. I think he's passed away. He was um, a young musician. I can't remember how I found him during my like post-college days. I was totally into like melancholy music, but so anyways, this is a quote from his song. I'll, I'll send you the song, see if I can remember it says um this totally relates today it says we are like flies on the roof of the Sistine Chapel we have no idea of the angels and beauty that lay beneath our feet isn't that crazy that's how I feel yeah. like we are is we're like going so fast and you know you and I remember we would like we'd take pictures you're the only person that did it with me but it was like look up and I think it was at combine first combine yeah. and I was sitting in um what is that place at the union the main the alumni hall alumni hall and I I think I was I was there early and I think I was like taking photos and I remember I looked up and I looked up and I was like whoa it's like a big beautiful art piece like above and like I posted that and you were like yeah look up and you and I would always like looking up talk well, about, funny like, yeah I'm... just randomly look up because nobody ever looks up it's like the most unexpected thing to do during your day but you can like actually find some pretty like amazing beauty when you like look up so that just reminded me of that. And it relates to when we were just like talking about this like in-between moments that are like, you know, sucked by technology. And I'm not totally bashing technology. I'm that person too. It's like, it's, it is super beneficial for like, you know, certain aspects of my life. But I feel like that's what our culture is. We are like lies on the roof of the Sistine Chapel. We have no idea of the angels and beauty that lay beneath our feet. Like you were saying, like the real world, like come, we got to get back to the real world. Yeah. And, and really just, I had not um, summed up the thought about wherever you go, there you are because, and why that's important to me in these days, because it reminds me of the last, I don't want to say the the, the time that I wasted or, or regrets that I have not having pursued things that continue to be on my mind. But I do like it as a quote to just remind me to always ask, should I go there? Should I do that thing? Um, because wherever I go, there I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. That is said in more of a warning. <laughs> like, wherever yeah. you go, there you are. And you can say, wherever you go, there you fucking are. 
therefore today we're making a podcast today mm-hmm. and this is the place that we finally after years of even talking or thinking of doing it we will be this will cultivate something later and it's hard you know the days that i have an off day or an on day and i beat myself up if i just act in the vein of creating momentum in a direction towards something that pays off later you know i'll wake up mm-hmm. three days later on a shitty day not able to do anything and i'll be like oh wow these three things i've been waiting to happen they all just triggered today yeah the work i did yesterday is what's working for me today and so that's another thing to think about is like when you wake up each day the work you did yesterday is what's working for you today so you need yep. to really think about setting yourself up mm-hmm. and creating that foundation and with that gusto despite an uh, something new you're starting that's really slow and you're unsure of feel okay because where you're you're making these acts and you're going to end up hopefully in the place you envision but just back to that cliche like a place you definitely wouldn't have ended up if you hadn't fucking tried. And this has been, I think we all needed like a year off. Yeah. But I mean, yes. And this has been a year off where now I can be like, Oh, thank God. No one's asking me to do this, that, and the other thing that I felt overly obligated to that had really nothing to do with where I really wanted to end up or where I really wanted to go. So as we kind of wrap up, I think, you know, some, some highlights of what I, I love what you said. It's like, ask ourselves the question, why? And then the next question is like, should we? So it's like, these are tough questions to answer. Right. I'm saying that I I do not have the answer. Um, Oh, but I think it's it's a good mantra to have internally, you know? Yeah. It's like, I have the answer singularly in the moment when I ask my myself for a quick check-in and then that's enough that's enough to culminate in you having made a good decision is if you're you're checking in to remind yourself that it is it is worth it and i and i pursue that with the idea at least in my own vision i always say hope for the best but expect nothing because literally anything could happen the most amazing wonderful thing could happen the most tragic thing could happen and that's all within the range of possibilities so you must just endeavor with vitality and gusto and excitement not knowing and that's what i'm happy for in this day and in this new era is that i'm i'm more willing to just start things mm-hmm. and i re- previously had been too wrapped up in the world and too scared that i would fail and now i'm just like oh uh, time is short life is short well i'm very grateful that i had this this time with you anytime that i get a chance to chat with you benedict i always love it so it just brings so much so much fulfilling like words like wholesome and like oh yeah i don't know it's just i always just love conversations with you um and your wisdom wisdom and your check-in and um i just i just appreciate your time and thanks for being my first my first go around at this podcast who knows maybe it'll never see the 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 time or the whatever the time of day it will though i just love i just appreciate you so much and you you um being in my life enhances my life so i i think you're just you know a unicorn of a human thanks chelsea literally like make me cry but i i feel no don't be i mean i feel the same i I, um, you know, struggle to find people that are willing to give themselves to see something happen. And 
I see you just do that over and over and over again for lots of other people and for yourself. And there's just something I respect really deeply about that. And I don't want to judge other people for like being lazy, but like I wake up each day and I have to like go through something that of course I don't just talk about it to everyone because I talk myself blue in the face talking about how hard it is. And sometimes you just grin and bear it. And not all, not sometimes often. And you're this type of person who's like just willing to do hard things, knowing that they're hard and saying, well, that doesn't going to, in fact, that excites you. When something's hard, I can tell it excites you. Yeah, I'm until I'm worn out. <laughs> but then you wake the f up and you do it again, Chelsea. You die. So do you. Fair. But that's why we like, because <laughs> I see that in you and I just can't help be around it or be driven by it and, and needing you, needing uh -huh. you say that I'm doing something that is worth recognizing. And so, it totally is worth recognizing. I'm ready for your book that you're going to be writing. Visual metrics, right? Vanity, Vanity metrics. metrics. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's Let's work on that together if you I know. I'm like let's, I when you said like I'm, I'm thinking about this book, Vanity Metrics, I'm like, boom. Because like I'm just gonna buy it for like the name. <laughs> Thank you. So good. Oh, well, you and I come, <laughs> love coming up Bad with New York Times bestseller. Like <laughs> predict it, premonished. You and I love coming up with branding and names and things that help anchor people mentally in the right position so that they are ready. You are such an intense mind. The reason you're able, in my view, to get up and do that thing that you do is because your mind is very sharp at figuring out how to emotionally create that activation energy. And well, um, it's sometimes I'm trying right now, my, my goal right now, January is like try to like get it all out of my head because it keeps mm -hmm. me up at night. It keeps me it's like, I'm like, Ding, 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 like ideas and like just shut it down shut it down well, well, we, we should talk more about <laughs> um calm technologies and how you can oh man i would love your day yeah let's let's really we'll cover that's another that. podcast that can be another thing we can cover that briefly but we will talk next time about Absolutely. what makes what makes your meaning each day and um mm -hmm. i i heard this from a gentleman named tristan thomas i think or thompson he wrote and created the movie social dilemma and he was on a joe rogan podcast and he depicts how the modern era of Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, YouTube, um, even your newsfeed is the majority of people's meaning makers each day. That is, they wake up and it crafts the reality that they live in. And the implications of that for us all collectively and individually are significant. Collectively, mm -hmm. it's hard to remark on why that matters. And it's not hard. It's just, it's unpacking a lot, why it matters and what we do. Individually, the idea that you wake up and interface with all different types of information that make your meaning in the world is an important insight. And I'd like to invite you and others to detach from a lot of the overly consuming technologies that we mm -hmm. interact with and interface more with calm and slow technologies. And if you let that be your meaning, if you wake up and allow that to be the meaning that sets your day, you'll find your mind being a lot calmer. What, give me an example. Um, a good a good example is getting started. Um, okay, I wake up and I open up an app called Hourly News and it allows you to pick sources from just a small selection, maybe 20 or 15 or 20 mm -hmm. different news sources and these news sources and they and then stitch them together in a feed in whichever order. Interesting. So I wake up and I don't look at my text messages, my emails, my notification news pops. I don't look at any of that from 11 p.m. until probably noon the next day. And if I want to know what is the most important thing today or, or what, what are the important things I should know about as a human today, I turn on the radio and I get five minutes of the NPR feed 
Then I moved to BBC, British Broadcasting. Then I moved to mm-hmm. CBC, Canadian Broadcasting. Then I moved to Deutsche Telekom, German. Then I moved to RTHK, Royal Telecom, Hong Kong. Oh. And by the end of that hour, hour and a half, you will know in a calm way that doesn't outrage you with every fucking headline and how it's positioned. Oh my gosh, how it's, yeah. How it's written specifically to outrage you and get you to click down a series of other links, which is what's happening. Whether it's something you're interested in or not, it's geniusly designed to hook you. And audio has limitations that are beautiful in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I pick from the this sources audio. I want to... Yeah, I want to pick from the source I want to hear from, and then I understand it. And for example, the the Royal Telecom Hong Kong at first will be a very strange podcast for you to listen to because it depicts the West Kowloon province and the central government and Connie Lam and these people you have no, I've never heard of, and them doing weird government, weird things that make you simultaneously like <laughs> realize um, how weird but how real things are unfolding in the world and I'll just tell you right now, Chelsea, on January 1st, 2020, I heard a quiet voice come on RTHK that said, a yet unidentified strain of a novel coronavirus has been discovered in the Wuhan province of China. Not one of our Democratic or Republican legislators told us anything for at least 45 more days. And this was public information that's available to all of us. And so I, I just implore everyone, don't be asleep at the wheel find this information and yeah and however do not find it in what i would depict as kooky youtube conspiranoica videos find it from reputable news sources who have to dedicate their lives to this I, you know i wake up and i anchor myself in that information and then i have no need to tap in to social media i know things months before other people know them yeah and it's really helped me so that's one thing. Well, I we have talked about so much. I think we need a part two. Yeah. But yeah. I think we're at like 40-ish, 40-ish minutes. Cool. So I think we, I appreciate your time. Appreciate your time. All right. This is the end of today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And on that note, I wish you all a great day and I'll see you next week. 